What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Shut Up. Keep going. I'm Sydney Goodman. I'm Kate Franklin. And this is our first episode where we're recording on video. So if you want to check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash shut up, keep going. I almost said it's so good. That's not it. <laughs> Stop stealing up. our fame. Sorry. Yeah, let's get to it. So this is a podcast where we explore our internet curiosities. Let's go. Do you want to go first or how are you feeling? Um, you said yours is like a banger. It is a banger and it's very long. Okay, I'll go first then okay. because mine's like, it's shorter, but I feel like it's like a thought experiment, you know? I love. Okay. I'm going to close this. Yeah, do your thing. So my topic this week is liminal spaces. Wait, is it because of that Twitter? What Twitter? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I just destroyed your life. What Twitter? Uh, it's called liminal spaces. It's such a good Twitter. And I'm not even on Twitter, but I go and look at it. What is it? It's called Liminal Spaces. But what, what's oh. the content? I get <laughs> it's that it's like, called that. Uh, it's just like these crazy photos of places without any humans in it or like any... Shit, stop talking. Okay. okay. So Liminal comes from the Latin Sorry, there's word. a lot of cat hair on I know, there's a lot of cat hair on mine also. Oops. <laughs> Sorry also if we forget about you video people because this is our first time doing it and I feel like it's like kind of high so I like keep looking down and then I, I don't know. Every time we both look at it and I see both of our little hands holding microphones, it reminds me of, you know, in Talladega Nights, like the two MCs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Such a good movie, dude. I know. Honestly, like Talladega Nights or Anchorman. Talladega Nights. Kind of same though. Like I get Anchorman. I get that there's more, it's kind of the mainstream version. I feel like Talladega Nights is like, if you like turned out to be kind of a hipster, like that was your preferred Will Ferrell movie. Do you agree? Yeah. I also feel like it gets a little weirder. Yeah. <laughs> which I like. He stabs his leg. <laughs> 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 the number of times my dad loves Talladega Nights. I bet he so does. the number of times that he goes, I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> and I'm just like, what's happening? <laughs> it's the best. Okay, so liminal spaces. Liminal comes from the Latin word limen or lemon. I'm not sure how you say it. L-I-M-E-N. Do people still speak Latin? Like I know it's a dead language, but like Yeah, well, no, but people know it. Like Caleb knows Latin. Shut the isn't that so annoying? That's so annoying. I'm going to punch him in the face next okay. time I see him. Please do. And I'm not going to give any explanation. <laughs> I'll be like, I hope you listen to a podcast, bitch. <laughs> he doesn't. Oh, well, neither does Alex. <laughs> <laughs> he listened to like five minutes of me. He's like, it's weird to hear your voice. And then he said he turned it off. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> so liminal comes from the Latin word lemon, which or maybe limon shit, which means threshold. And it indicates a place or point of entrance or beginning so by definition a liminal space is a time between what is and the next isn't that kind of beautiful wait say that again because i was listening but i wasn't <laughs> by definition a liminal space is a time between what is and the next oh wow so yeah it's like a transition space a place of transition not knowing and a season of waiting so some examples of liminal spaces my life right now <laughs> yes mm -hmm. actually Kate, if you didn't know, we have a master's graduate. She's more certified to be doing this than I am. Yeah. So we got a good wide angle here. That's all. That's all, that's all we covered. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, but so examples of liminal spaces, empty stairwell, elevator, hallway. The purpose is to get you from one place to another. And in most cases, you pass others. But when the spaces are empty... 
you might feel uneasy because their purpose as a threshold doesn't exist in that moment. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Like yeah. the psychology behind it? Yeah. So it's, yeah, that's why they're creepy. Yeah. It's okay. it's like uneasy. I, I like think of it almost as like uncanny valley. Yeah. 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 Like in how, if for those of you who don't know, uncanny valley being like why some dolls or maybe all dolls to you feel very creepy. It's because it feels so your brain wants it to be human so bad because it, it you know, our brain, it's just more efficient and easier to like kind of group things together and recognize things. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, Oh, this is another human or it looks so human, but then it's just like, something's just off enough that it creates this sense of uneasy. Yeah. It's like the wax museum. Why do people like that? I don't know. What do you do at a wax museum? Do you just take pictures with all of it? Or like, <laughs> no. are you just looking at it like art? I don't know. Like, are you just like, that's, I think, no, no, no. I know now because I'm obsessed with Casey Musgraves and she just got one. And I think what it is, is that they like scan the celebrity. So it's supposed to be like, like an almost exact likeness. So you can see how tall they are and like what they look like very close up. Just like kind of, I wouldn't want that. I do think, well, so I, mean, I don't probably know that I want like that. embellish it to make you look better. But I, I, what I thought you were going to say is this idea that like, then if you're, you're kind of like immortalized. Yeah. Wouldn't it be rude if somebody like lit it on fire <laughs> and everything just like melted? <laughs> what if they just like, like a security guard, like had a space heater and <laughs> just like melted all the wax? <laughs> Did I say this on the podcast? I can't remember. But so I was scrolling through, I think it might've been TikTok or Twitter. And someone, I don't know that it, this even went viral. It was just like somebody that like I knew or maybe like is somewhere in my circle that I saw it. And they use a space heater at work and they accidentally cooked the flesh of their foot. <laughs> no, you mentioned that. How would you not know that though? I don't know. Maybe because then it's like you just sense it's you're losing your senses. So you like don't I'm scared notice. Of that happening it's like to just me. like a slow death. I would hate burning alive, obviously. But I feel like the saving grace with that is if you're burning alive, though, you're at least like, does she want to go out? Okay, we're back. Uh, so uh, she cooked her foot. She cooked her foot. <laughs> is that if you were burning alive, you would pass out before you actually are dead. But you would probably feel. Would you? You'd also, be sleeping. This is so morbid. But I, I've thought about this because I'm like, okay, if I go out in a very like tortured way, it wouldn't matter that much because then I would be dead. What do you mean? Like those last moments wouldn't matter because then I would be dead. I wouldn't be alive to remember. That's and, true. Like, the memory yeah. wouldn't be there. The trauma. Yeah. You wouldn't need therapy. No. <laughs> I feel like I just want to like fall asleep in my sleep yeah. or die in my sleep like just fall asleep and then just not wake up and just like have it be done no but then if you think about that too much then every time you go to bed you have to say goodbye <laughs> what's wrong with you <laughs> i don't want to do that i sometimes do that if it's that's i text my parents good night love you every night that's so cute they text me too it's a little group chat with me my parents and my brother so they have tabs on you when you fall asleep yeah are they ever like sydney please go to bed are you good about going to bed? No, but sometimes, you know, if I like forget to text them that night, I'll text them in the morning and be like, good morning. Oh, that's so cute. Just like a little check-in. It's funny because wait, my dad, of course, what a character. 
my mom will send these like elaborate like good night everyone love you so much like I hope you had a great day Sydney and that like your meeting went well and Calvin I hope your test went well and you aced it and it's like cute Mm. and then my dad will just go ditto (laughs) he's like I agree sometimes he'll even just send a picture of the Pokemon ditto (laughs) and that's it and it's like okay good night love you too (laughs) I wish my parents did that sometimes I call my mom and I'm like hello I haven't spoken to you in like a week and she's like why okay Sometimes my parents do that too, though. She's like, I have her, like, I have shit going on. She doesn't say shit. She doesn't curse. Your mom doesn't actually. I could totally. I don't no, know. and when she would say crap or pissed, I was like, oh my god, like, that's real. We really, you know, my parents didn't cuss when I was growing up, and I don't know how they did it. I don't know if once you have kids, you like stop doing that, but I feel like I say <laughs> all the time, and like it's gonna be really Wait, hard. Are not you to not say supposed it. to say that on here? Oh shit. Someone, my mom has a teacher friend and they're doing a talk, like a section in their class on podcasts. And mom's like, oh my God, my daughter has a podcast. Wait, you told me this. And she was like, she was like, she really wants to know what it is. And I was like, she can't listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) She can't listen to it. Because the first episode we have is about cod pieces. Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) Episode one, go back and watch, listen. Oh, it's so vintage now. Right? It's vintage. Um, Anyways, liminal spaces. So the popularity of images of liminal spaces and back rooms came from a meme on 4chan where it was posed that if one would fall out of reality, you'd end up in a maze made of endless back rooms, an existence compromised, an existence comprised of infinite movement without beginning or end. Meaning, oh, okay. It's a theory. It's a theory. Okay. So yeah, the popularity of images of liminal spaces and this kind of, um, what would the word be? Theory that if you fell out of reality, you'd end up in a maze made up of endless back rooms. Mm. So there's a subreddit, the subreddit, uh, describes itself as quote if you're not careful and you no clip out of reality in the wrong areas you'll end up in the back rooms where it's nothing but the stink of old moist carpet the madness of mono yellow the endless background noise of fluorescent lights at maximum hum buzz and approximately 600 million square miles of randomly segmented empty rooms to be trapped in god save you if you hear something wandering around nearby because it sure as hell has heard you okay wait so this is, they're saying if you fall off, what, just in general? Like fall out of reality. So have you ever seen like the oh, Reddit I that's, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like where people kind of like the simulation like slips up or whatever. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, I don't know if you've seen that video of, I think it's like a girl in Russia, like flying. Yeah. 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 And it's like, I think this is like kind of like in the same, exists in the same realm of theories. Okay. I see. Um, But... I do feel like that's now an aesthetic, right? Like someone would pay like a thousand dollars to rent that for a video. A back room? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like, like I've seen a music video like yeah. that already. Next time, that's what we're saving up for everyone. We're, we're gonna, gonna pod, do, pod, do our pod. Pod. liminal space. Honestly, not a bad idea. Kind of cute. We just have to find one. Do you okay? Actually, I'm gonna save this. Okay. Remind say something about dreams if I don't bring it up but i'm gonna save it because i think it might tie into the second part more great so it seems like what the back rooms are is different to other people from the subreddit true back rooms which i found a post where they asked what do the back rooms mean to you so it kind of feels like the back rooms is kind of this like like god it's whatever you it's purgatory right no oh not necessarily 
Because like the last one I read made it sound like it was like hell. But that the back rooms is kind of this idea that like exists, like people have their, their own interpretations of it. Of like what it means. It means hell? No. Oh. Well, maybe to some people it's different interpretations. I don't understand. You're so confused. <laughs> what are you confused about? What is the interpretation? Like what? That's what we're getting to. Okay. Well, oh, wait, okay. what is your question? I don't understand what the back room symbolizes. The back rooms is like the idea that our reality is what we're conscious of. But let's just say there's like it like is breaking the fourth wall. That's me understanding. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in the subreddit, true back rooms, I found a post where they quoted a 4chan passage quote, is this real? A meme, a hallucination, alternate dimension. Is it evil, malicious? It's basically like this. We've all seen a place like this this being liminal spaces in our past. Maybe we went with our parents to their work one day and there was a section of building under renovation, or maybe we were hanging around a building still under construction, or we looked through the windows of a long closed down store slash restaurant. The first time you see it, it's like quote, seeing the strings on an actor in a movie. Mm -hmm. They're no longer hero McHeroson flying to the rescue. They're actor McActorson hanging by wires on a green screen stage. It ruins the illusion and suddenly breaks the barriers. Now you are forced to realize this place is always here. Even when people aren't, even when I'm not thinking about it, even in the middle of the night, at 4 a.m. when everyone is home and asleep. This building is still here, even the rooms all the way at the back that barely saw people when the place was running and decorated. Even right now, that room is still there, and I can almost see the dust motes falling slowly in the windless walls. Windless walls. I can almost hear the utter silence of the soundproofed industrial walls, those dark corners of society, the unpainted si side always kept away from the cameras the back rooms as they are movie wow. the truman show is kind of based around yeah. this feeling except that was fiction or a twist on reality the back rooms of all the big towering office buildings empty entire empty floors unoccupied for years the crumbling old department stores with the fitting rooms in the back that have laid in darkness for over a decade without a single person ever gazing upon them end quote Wow. Liminal that, spaces. That sounds like my college photography aesthetic. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Like I can see it. Even that yeah, one over there. I can see it. Just I kind of like it. what exists in the shadows. Yeah. Um, but someone described it in that same thread as anti-nostalgic, which I thought was an interesting. Why? Because I my understanding of it is that it like feels familiar, but I feel like when you think of nostalgia, it like comforts it's you. It's like sweet, yeah. And it, because of the familiar feeling where liminal spaces, when I think of it, it makes me feel uneasy, but it's like, it's definitely familiar. But okay. Here's a larger cultural question I have okay. for you. You know, I feel like it's a new thing with our generation. It's probably not one is like, I feel like we, how do I say this? We just want to feel things. So even feeling uneasy is a feeling yeah. that we like. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. That's like why like I feel like horror movies had like a renaissance, like a more popular, bigger renaissance, like especially like niche horror movies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like why what like um urban exploring, you know that? Like mm -hmm. where you go to abandon shit. Like people like like seek that out. What is that? Is it because it, we feel like fragmented because <laughs> we grew up with the internet? Well, I was going to say, I feel like the social media and like lack of 
like interpersonal connect, deep interpersonal connection yeah. probably has something to do with it. That would be my guess. Cause like I weirdly find liminal spaces, I like have some in my mind that I'm thinking of and I find them like strangely comforting because they feel like, uh, real. Do you know what I mean? Interesting. I don't find them comforting at all, but I, I do keep thinking of this liminal space that I've never been to. What is it's it? It's from a dream. What is it? It, I mean, I, it's hard to describe it. Just, it has these like purple, these gray with a purple undertone carpets. And there's a bunch of like, you know, those, um, chairs that are in like all of the like hotel ballrooms with like the, the outer like metal thing, but mine's gold. And then there's like a fabric part in the middle of it. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm imagining. And there's just like a bunch of tables and there's like a stage. Oh, but huh. like I've had, that's been like a setting in multiple dreams. Whoa. Like, do you have dream settings mm -hmm. where it's like you keep like return, you have multiple I have dreams one, that it's like an airport. I keep having the same dream in, and it's an airport in different parts of the world. I keep dreaming about traveling. <laughs> I miss it. Um, and I have it like every like third night, which is creepy. It's kind of, is like, it the same dream every time? No, but I'm always in the same airport. It takes place. Yeah. In, yeah I've had that. Like there's a cruise ship yeah. that I have dreams at a lot Weird. and it's a high school. It's a cruise ship high school. <laughs> That's actually a good concept. It It's never good though. It's always That's for the really executives good. watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, the last thing that I'll say is that I've also heard of people having dreams where, like I said, they see liminal spaces or back rooms and think that they've seen like the fourth wall being broken down. And that's like the back room of reality. I like see. they weren't supposed to see it. Do you know the caretaker mm -mm. <gasps> you would love? He's, uh, he, does, I don't think he makes music anymore, but he's like a, I think he's from Norway, England, England. Um, and he's. He started the whole project. It's the caretaker based on Jack Torrance of The Shining. Mm -hmm. And so all of his music is like uh, ballroom music that sounds really far away. So like old jazz, but it sounds like it's playing in a giant like empty ballroom. Interesting. So it's like liminal space music. It's huh. so beautiful. Wow. Yeah. I thought you'd say it was like music that he would listen to or that he would make. Like the guy from The Shining. No. That'd be funny. What kind of music do you think you'd make? Jack Torrance. I feel like, like, Screamo, right? No, that would be Wendy. Yeah. I feel like he'd, like... I mean, I feel like... Do something with the drums, but, like, very, like, cymbal-heavy. Oh, I was going to say, like, singer-songwriter, because, like, Charles Manson was a singer-songwriter. Oh, really? I, mm -hmm. I don't know that I realized that. How creepy. But so, this is, like, I guess it's a shorter topic, but like I said, I... I like just wanted to talk about this idea of like liminal spaces and like transition places and like that creepy anti-nostalgic feel and this idea like what do you think of I don't even know if I can like properly articulate the idea of like breaking the fourth wall and existing outside of like our reality. I don't think I totally understand that in is it like it's not real real right what do you mean it's like a thought experiment well right now but there's people that believe that that's like real real like if you open a door it would be like, like it would be like a set and that's kind your of, whole life yeah oh i love that i love that aesthetically yeah it doesn't creep me out i'm just like that's cool but i'm like is that, that doesn't saying... creep me out but it creeps me out if it was a liminal space behind the door oh i see 
Yeah. Like, you'd, like it'd be like if we just like opened my office door and outside of it was just like this liminal space and like we've like accidentally entered the. Oh, yeah. Do you know what it reminds me of? Stranger of, Things. No. Oh. One of the iconic SpongeBob episodes when Squidward goes into the white void. Do you remember that? It, it creeped me out as a child. He goes into so, the white space and he's like, hello. Okay. And, Oh, and it says the words, yeah. the words like animate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that makes me think of, uh, I don't think you've watched this, but the Digimon movie. <laughs> they fight the titular bad guy in this like all white space. Uh, that creeped like me that. out I also. Like I know of a one that creeps me out. And it was because I had an experience, you know, in Cinema City. Cinema City. That to me, the entire aesthetic feels liminal space. Yeah, no, big liminal space energy. A lot of my memories actually when you said liminal space, I think of that, but one specifically that is scary to me is the first time that I ever like went out the theater door. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I realized that there was a parking structure behind it and it was so creepy. Yeah. I did not like that. Did you ever, I don't know if this was a dream or if it really happened. I swear it really happened, but also maybe not. I don't think this happened. So for those of you who don't know, Century City is Five Dollar Tuesdays. It's a movie Cinema theater. City. Cinema City. Century what did I say? City is a city. Century City is a Century City is a city. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Cinema City. Is that technically your Belinda? Mm-hmm. Your Belinda, California, uh, like an hour south of LA, and on Lakeview. And no, that's not Lakeview. What is that? Imperial and something, some other street. Valley View. Valley View. Santa Ana Canyon. No, that's Valley View. I think it's Valley View. Yeah. Richfield? It, it doesn't matter. Look it up. Um, but so Cinema City, it, it's this movie theater and the f- front of it has this like big tower. Yeah. And it gives off like strong, like almost like lighthouse energy, I feel. Yeah. What is Okay. That? So I had a dream or maybe it actually happened that we got a tour of what was up there. And it was you and me. No, no, no. Oh. Me and like my family, I guess, or maybe my Girl Scout maybe troop. You did. I'm not really sure. But it was just a bunch of pictures of dolphins. <laughs> so <That's> definitely <laughs> a dream. But do you know what creeps me out is I've never what? thought about what is in that tower. Oh, I think about stuff like that all the time. That's creepy to me. Like it's like a they they've put a block in my mind. It's like don't think about what's in the tower. <gasps> that would be a really good like low budget horror movie. Is like what's in the Tower of Cinema City. That's good. Don't copyright TM. Don't, okay, don't copyright TM. Uh, so yeah, liminal spaces, creepy. That's creepy. Creepy boy. Um, well, speaking of liminal spaces, let's go to an opposite space. Oh, Disneyland? No. Well, okay, it's creepy in its own way. Okay. Um, Sorry, guys. Creepy episode. A mass amount of people in one space. Like, like just a like crowd. busy, crowded places. Do you yeah. like crowds? Um... No, I used to, but then I've been having a lot of experience. Well, okay. I watched what I'm going to talk about okay, and I realized I hate it because it's actually one of my biggest fears is like mob mentality and like being trampled. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry. It's not funny because people totally get cr- trampled. Yeah. But for it some all reason, the time. Like, you just... I, okay, like, you know it's what it funny is? to me. It's not funny, but it's funny to me. One of the creepiest things about being a human is remembering that we are a bag of flesh. And I hate being in a situation where even though I'm conscious, that all, that's all that's being understood. Do you know what I mean? So like in a crowd, you don't like 
look, you don't see everyone you like, but you feel all this flesh around you. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're like, yeah, yeah. like pushed in a crowd, I don't yeah. like that creeps me out. I feel like it's so funny. You're talking about this. Cause I feel like I saw something that was like somebody getting trampled. It was in like a movie or something, but I think I always like wondered how do you get trampled? Cause in my head, it's like, just like, don't fall. But it just like happened and the person got trampled and I was like, oh, that no, sucks. it's like a, a physics thing. Interesting. Cause it's like, if like you can get crushed, that's a lot. not, it's not necessarily falling. You can get literally like bodies will be pushed together too much where you'll be literally suffocated by other that people's bodies. That seems like the worst way to I go. I know. And actually this didn't happen. What I'm going to talk about, maybe it. There's no, I didn't read anything about it, but okay. it just, okay. So I'm talking about the Altamont free concert. Have you heard of this? No, no. You're going to hate it, but love it. I'm excited. Okay. Okay. Don't ruin concerts for me though. I already didn't oh, have I'm them going for to a ruin year. Them. Okay, good. <laughs> Cause it kind of like, I was, um, there's a movie about this, which is why I got into it. Um, but it reminded me like all the little parts of concerts that I didn't like. And then I'm like, I don't like concerts and I have no desire to go back to a concert. Maybe not like a, like I would go to a small venue, but like an amphitheater. I'm like, no, thank you. Oh, interesting. I am out. Wow. Okay. Wait. Okay. I need to share this weird concert experience. So yeah. I went to a concert. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about something we had together. No, we've talked about the Coldplay one before. Oh yeah. I guess go find the episode where we talk about. I don't know which episode it is. I went to this concert with this girl from high school, Megan. Oh, okay. And we were freshmen and we went with like a few other people that Megan was friends with, but I wasn't really friends with them. And they like were kind of more, well, actually Christine and then this other lady, Leah, I think her name oh, is. Oh, is it Warp Tour? No, 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 no. But it was like Warp Tour type bands. Okay. So we went, it was at the, um, what was the concert venue at downtown Disney? Oh, House of Blues. House of Blues. Is that House of, of Blues? Of course you went with Christine at a House of Blues yeah. type event. And she we, was went to see, we went to see All Time Low. Of course. And a few other bands were playing. And we got there so early that we were like the like third or fourth people in line. But so we got there so early and the doors didn't open for like six or seven hours. So we were just sitting there. And we made friends with these two women that were also there. But the two women were like in their 20s, maybe. Sure. They were definitely older than us. And they were like, we just like go to all these concerts, whatever. And we all bonded because we really liked All Time Low. Well, so like obviously we took like MySpace-esque like, you know, selfies like where you're like, eh, mm -hmm. of of ourselves. And then at the end of it, like the next day or something, the lady made like a Facebook slideshow of like all of the selfies that we took and all the pictures she took at the weird. event. But it was like weird because they like didn't know her. But, like we all added each other on Facebook, but she like made this thing. It was like me and all my friends. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know you though. It was like, yeah, it That's was kind of weird. weird, but I appreciated it because they were like, you guys can go wait in line to like go be in the pit. But we waited in line because we want to sit at a table because we're old and don't want to deal with people. And I was like, oh, that's pretty I'm smart. I'm here for that. That's smart. But that's also like weirdly, like my initial reaction was that's creepy. It was weird for sure. So I understand the Facebook feeling. Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of concerts. <laughs> we were speaking of concerts. Um. So... If the Woodstock Festival in August 1969 mm -hmm. represented peace and hippie idealism, then the Altamont Free Concert held almost four months later. So it's very 
right after, symbolically shattered that innocence. Oh, okay. So on December 6, 1969, about 300,000 people gathered at the Alamont, Altamont Speedway in Tracy, which is like, you know, when you go to San Francisco and you go up the five, mm-hmm. it's like one of those cities. Okay. So it's like in the middle of the state. Um, 300 people... 300,000. <laughs> it's just 300 people. <laughs> I mean, that's still kind of a lot of people, though. No, 300,000 people um, went to see the Rolling Stones perform a free concert that was going to be considered this, the Woodstock West. This just sounds like a bad... Okay. It's a bad time. <laughs> no spoilers, but it's a, it's a very bad time. So, okay. The end of the 1960s was not great for the Rolling Stones. Are you a Rolling Stones fan? Not really. I don't know. I just kind of like missed them. Like, Me too. I don't not like them. Like when I hear their music, I'm like, okay. But I feel like they seem like something that would be in my wheelhouse of things that I'd love. And I just never got into them. Me either. I feel like they were less, like, I feel like the Beatles were like, if you were like, 12 and like wanted to pretend to be a hippie like you would listen to the beatles yeah but that might have been because of across the universe right yeah we were such an underrated movie honestly really good i feel like people don't talk about it female enough. director so good so so good um so yeah but n- the rolling stones i feel like had less i wonder why that is i think they're less kid friendly mm. they're a little bit more sexy i mean i feel like technically the beatles isn't kid friendly either yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but I feel like it's more coded. Do you know yes, what I mean? Yes, like yeah. the Rolling Stones were like, like real like sex pots. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm going to pause you real fast. Do you know what I just recently learned? And what? maybe I'm like out of the loop for this is that a bunch of like classic rock extending into like current pop slash rock stars are like pedophiles. Like they are like groupies were like 12. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, do you remember the Mad Men episode where they go to see the Rolling Stones and Dawn talks to that girl and I think she's like four, 15. 14. What's crazy to me though, like we're getting in some sticky territory, okay. but like I think of what I looked like and how I acted when I was like 14. <laughs> it's like, and no. I'm confused how anyone, including someone my age, found me attractive in even the slightest. Like, well, I think that's why it's disgusting, right? Well, that's, I guess, certified not pedophile, everyone, because well, I, I don't get it's it. It's like, you think about it, it's like you should not be like flirting with someone that is of that maturity. But it's not even maturity. Let's just take the maturity out of it. Like, just like thinking about, like, I was like a string bean. Like, <laughs> If I took my shirt off, I would look just like a boy. Like there was no difference between me and like my brother's chest at that point. Like I have not that boobs are everything, but I have like very little to offer you. And, (laughs) and I just like, I'm confused because I feel like there's like so many hot of age people. And I just don't understand. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think Priscilla Presley was like she was a baby too. Yeah, she, she was, was like so young, really young. But it's so interesting because I feel like Not I great. grew up like I like Elvis or whatever, and like I say that because it's like not like I was like the biggest Elvis fan, but like you know I liked Elvis and like we listened to his music as a family and whatever. And like no one was like, hey, listen, this mother, <laughs> this, <laughs> hey, listen, like this guy. Yeah he was like getting it on with like a 16 year old they actually got married yeah she was like 16 or 17 right something like that maybe 14 no she was like really young oh she was like young i think she was 13 
But okay. <laughs> Here's the thing though, that I feel like is a larger cultural problem that there's like a lot of pedophiles. There's like pedof we have pedophilic tendencies. Oh, we as totally humans. do. We totally do. And I feel like, but that's why it's crazy is like people don't talk about it, but it is so real. I think it's like yeah. one of those like, what is that thing that's uh blind spots, an intentional blind, blind spot? Because it's like yeah. so I just feel like because one of the topics I thought we were doing two, but it's fine. Um, oh, you had two? Yeah, but it's fine. Oh, sorry. No, I just have it for next time. Okay. Um, one of them, it's like, it literally has been like forever. We've had this obsession with youths. Oh, yeah. Well, I, so two things. One is just like, even the idea that it's like, women are supposed to like shave their body hair. And it's like, you get body hair when you hit puberty and become like a woman. But that yeah. like everyone, including, you know, I shave my body hair. So like I'm part of this, but it's like I shave my body hair because I like it better. Like I have a preference and I think it's like more attractive on me mm -hmm. to like not have hair on my legs mm -hmm. and other places <laughs> like my armpits. <laughs> and I feel like it's like that yeah. is something that like a young girl who hasn't had puberty would have that's probably where and it so started. it's like that's like yeah. you um but then the other thing is i was watching this video that was talking about basically how like men if you're like a biological like let's just pretend there's only two genders for the sake of mm -hmm. this thing but so it's like men they are can be attractive as like a boy like you can see a boy a young boy and be like oh that's like an attractive like he's cute whatever or a, a man as they grow, they get beard, grisly, whatever. And sure. you're like, oh, hot man, whatever. But then for a woman, you're only attractive or you're as a girl. Yeah. And so everything as you age is seen as like going downhill or seen as a negative because there's no like mainstream acceptance of like women who are old and hot. Because usually when women are considered hot and they're old, it's because they look young. Yeah, I but it's kind of a double standard though, right? Because like think about Kim Kardashian. Like why she's so revered is because she has like a womanly she has like the idealized womanly form, which is like wide hips because of childbearing. Do you know do you want to hear something kind of weird? Right? Isn't that right? I had yeah. I think that's right. There's also a TikTok that I a TikTok account that I follow <laughs> that's this lady who just like I don't even think she has credentials to be a sociologist, but she just like talks Me. about the Kardashians. <laughs> she just like talks about the Kardashians yeah. and like their cultural like so roots weird. and all of this. It's very fascinating. But anyways, I had this friend growing up and the mom told you about hips. Yeah. Yeah. You've said that on here. Yeah. Because I just can't believe you tell somebody no, that. You cannot. So they basically told you that you like are going to need bigger hips to have a child. Yeah. They were like, and you were like 12 years old. Yeah. It was like, Oh, it's you're so going to have weird. a hard time. Like having, like you don't have childbearing hips. And I was just like, what? <laughs> what a weird adults are so weird. And I think what's funny is if you think about it, like we're adults now, is that weird? So it's like, I don't think anyone has ever figured it out. And like, as a child, you're like, Oh, that person's so old. And like, they like know everything. Yeah. And so like, you hear a comment like that and you're like, that's interesting. Why would you say that to me? It's like, because this woman and probably you, needed therapy. Now you realize it. It's yeah. It's like that woman was just weird and had no social skills. <laughs> it's like, well, you're not better than me. <laughs> 
I have child I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell have that children. to my kids. I'm gonna be like, adults don't have social skills too, so you can call them out. <laughs> oh, that's, that's kind of cool. That's like, I like. Should we that. write a parenting? Book? I think we should. Okay. We won't Done. have kids. We'll just like write. <laughs> can you imagine? Uh, the other thing that I was gonna say, I completely forgot. So I'll okay, interrupt you. This is really, really long. So like, let's get at it. Let's get at it. So, um. Basically, at the end of the 1960s, the Rolling Stones, while mega stars, it's not going well for them legally. <laughs> okay. Um, there's drug charges, legal battles, deteriorating interpersonal relationships. Um, Brian Jones, one of the founders, was outsed and then was subsequently drowned, which is really sad. What? I didn't realize. No, I that. didn't know that either. <laughs> he was I'm... drowned by who? I didn't look it up. You didn't look. I'm looking it up. Okay, you should look it up. What? Um, he was drowned. Yeah. Why did That's, I know Would that? you rather be drowned? That's or kind burn? of bad. I didn't look it up. I'm would sorry. you be drowned or burned? Wait, what's his name again? Brian Jones. I would rather be drowned. Really? Yeah. Because burning, like, I don't want to smell my own flesh burning as I go out. Do you know I'm what I mean? I'm of the mindset that you just, like, pass out really quickly. I don't know if you do. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, like, don't have any oxygen. Then maybe I'll, like, purposely make myself pass out if I'm, like, going to get burned. I'll just be like, Sid, like, Yeah, sleeper. at least give the person the courtesy of that. Right. Okay, um, so wait. Legal issues. Man, the rule. Oh, death. Okay. So around midnight on the night of the 2nd to 3rd July 1969, Jones was discovered motionless at the bottom of his swimming pool. His Swedish girlfriend was convinced he was alive when he was taken out of the pool, Yikes. insisting he still had a pulse. However, by the time the doctors arrived, it was too late and he died at the age of 27. The coroner's <sighs> report stated it was drowning and noted his liver and heart were heavily enlarged by past drug and al alcohol sure. abuse. Okay, okay. So it's like doing all this other shit. Got it. But then there's a murder theory. Maybe we'll do that on another okay. episode because that seems like a lot. Um, so it's not going well for them. And so after a three-year absence of touring in America, they came back in November 1969 and had a month-long tour, culminating in a free concert. They wanted to have a free concert. I just feel like that's in, that sounds like a bad idea. I don't think I'd ever have a free concert. Sorry, everyone. Um. Well, so the reason they did it, we'll get into that. So the reason I knew about this, I didn't know about this before, but I watched this movie called Gimme Shelter. It is. Oh, I've heard of it. I've never watched it. Amazing. Uh -huh. It's so good. It's by the um, Albert and David Mizellis who made Grey Gardens. Mm -hmm. Never you, seen that. I don't uh, even know. Oh my God. You are going to freak out about Grey Gardens. I'm excited. It's like a, it's Grey Gardens really quickly is a, a documentary about Jackie Kennedy's like cousin and great aunt who like live in this like basically abandoned house in uh Cape Cod hmm. or Martha's Martha's Vineyard. No, the Hampton. I know. I think it's the Hamptons. Okay. They live those in are one of those, all the same like, place bougie, to me. So. Like East coast, whatever. And they're like kind of deranged. <laughs> And Do it's you think like, people describe us as deranged? Absolutely. I kind of like would be okay with it. I don't know. I'm going to be a deranged older woman. Like I already know it and it's fine. Okay. That's why like Caleb, I think like it makes sense that we found each other because he's deranged. And so like we're going to age the same way where we're like, yeah. Um, but it's a beautiful movie and they have, so they have a really specific filming style, which is called, I was going to say talk about that at the end, but it's called, um, 
direct cinema. Mm -hmm. And it basically is like they just record. They don't tell the people what to do. They just like immerse themselves in people's lives or at an event and just film from a bunch of different angles. Isn't that kind of I feel like that's like a cousin to what Chloe Zhao does. No, well, hers is narrative. Oh, there's our narrative. These are documentaries. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And so, and then they cut it and they try to be as objective as possible when they cut it. So there's like no, like, like analyzing behind it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, but it's, what the effect is, is that you're there. How interesting. It's like very, so I watched this movie called Give Me Shelter, early quarantine, and I freaked out. It's also a little... Because uh-huh. it is such a crazy, like, visceral movie. And How it's about the Altamont Free Concert. Oh, okay, okay. So Albert and David Mizellis, um, and Charlotte Zwerin uh, made a documentary called Give Me Shelter that was capturing the end of this tour, this month-long tour that the Rolling Stones did after a three-year hiatus coming back to the United States. People are hungry for some stones. So it the documentary opens with a sold out show at Madison Square Garden and Mick Jagger looks amazing. I am sold on the Rolling Stones. I'm a huge fan after watching this. He is so charismatic. Uh Uh-huh. Like crazy. I understand it 100%. And if you watch this, you're like, holy shit, that guy is so talented and like interesting. Um, And he just like, it's a very... Like it, it goes through a whole song. It's like a concert. It, it's sold as a concert film, but it's definitely not. But um, so then it cuts from this beautiful, perf- like energetic performance to a scene of Jagger and the drummer Charlie Watts reviewing performance footage. Okay. And so they're like smiling, they're like enjoying it. And then all of a sudden they start frowning. As a radio report recounts recounts the grim reality outside the editing suite, Altamont, the West Coast Woodstock that capped off their tour, drew three hundred thousand people, but was a disaster. So what it is is that it starts out at the beginning of the tour, and then it cuts to after their tour is over, and they're watching what the Mizellus brothers shot of them. Mm-hmm. They like watch it back, and so you get to see how they react to react it. to it. It's okay, pretty interesting. So, um, a lot of this information is from this book called Altamont by Joe Selvin. Um, so I'm just crediting him. Um, but he said the reason they did Altamont was that they wanted a huge, like climactic finish to this film because mm-hmm. the Mizellus brothers were like super famous. They had just made a uh, one film before called salesman. That was like a super big hit. It was about a salesman. salesman. Yeah. It was about a door-to-door Bible salesman. And they, like, got super famous. They were, like, the coolest filmmakers. So the Rolling Stones thought they were, like, hot shit, like, having these guys film them. So they were like, let's get a climactic ending to our movie. So, hmm. The the idea, actually, they took it from uh, Jefferson Airplane and the Grateful Dead because they were going to have a free concert in San Francisco Golden Gate Park. And they were like, okay, we're going to join that with them. And like, we'll make this like Woodstock West. Um, But then the mayor of San Francisco, who was, quote, very anti-hippie, was like, no, 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 that's going to be a disaster. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't do that. Um, So then they like tried to find another place. They looked at Sears Point Raceway in Sonoma. But um, the people that owned that wanted 
a profit or a part of the film rights. Got it. Because they knew that. Because they the, couldn't take a profit of the concert because the concert yeah. was free. Um, and they were like, no. So then uh, they found the Altamont Speedway. So Sydney, the construction for this and the decision to, to, to really do this was made on Thursday, December 4th. The show was on Saturday. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, just so, just for context, Woodstock was conceived as an idea in January and then it happened in August. Okay. So, so we're working on an abbreviated um, timeline. It's not, <laughs> it's not very, they don't have a lot of time to plan this out. So, um, part of the planning too was that th this is like the infamous part of this event is that they hired several dozen members of the hell's angels motorcycle gang to act as informal security staff and um what were they paid you're wondering five hundred dollars worth of beer <laughs> <laughs> i wonder how much beer that is probably a lot like in the 60s probably like a ton of beer literally a ton but the thing is so uh jefferson airplane and the grateful dead recommended them to the rolling stones management they're like we've used it before and it's great like they're like really scary and they like keep it in line and so they're like great like we're gonna do that um so the rolling stones tour manager said quote the only agreement there ever was was that the angels would make sure no one tampered with the generators that was the extent of it so that's what they're claiming they the agreement was with the five hundred dollars worth of beer and like and don't they have, people have people like mess, mess with, with the, generators. the generators okay so um there was no commuter path to the speedway there's not very many bathrooms if any i forget so is this um, like Firefest before yeah, Fire yeah. Fest? it's like the it's but it's way worse the original it's Fire Fest. so like there's footage i'm gonna show you after like clips from it because it's you're gonna like it's gonna say a lot like people there's no parking lot so like people like parked like on this very long stretch of highway and like walked in and it's free so then there's no tickets so everyone just could show up so people drove from across the country because it's like the rolling stones were huge yeah and you get to see them for free um and then <laughs> the most people couldn't see the stage because it like there's so many people there and it like wasn't put in it. It was put at the, the bottom of like this valley. Um, but the stage was only three feet tall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's like the normal height of a stage? I don't like 10, eight feet. Like okay. tall, like, you know. Yeah. But it literally is like like it's like a little <laughs> it's step. It's like a step. Okay. Um and the only protection between the band and the crowd was the, is was a, the... a piece of twine. <laughs> Who planned stretched, this? Um, but then when Jefferson Airplane began playing, which I thought, like, I don't know when they started playing, but I think it's at the begin, like towards the beginning, the tr the twine was gone. Like, <laughs> um, so the first, oh no, so the first act on the stage was Santana. <gasps> Yeah. Like, yeah, but it was when he was in the 60s and it was like a hippie. The yeah. Rob Tom Thomas. But it was a band. He was like, no, I know. He's yeah. part, he's in a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and his set went smoothly. But then over the course of the day, um, so let's just paint the picture here. This is 1969. There's a lot of drugs going on, there's okay. a lot of substances. So as the day is going on, 
people are starting to get inebriated as well as the hell's angels are really enjoying their $500 worth of <laughs> they beer. They gave them the free yeah, beer it was, at the concert? That was the, yeah. Not like a gift card or no, something? It was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it was like, you can come here and like drink beer and like, just like kind of keep it under control. That's, oh, who planned this? So <laughs> do they get sued after? Why didn't I look that up? <laughs> I'm really just going, cause you have there so much stuff happens at the event. Okay, I okay, didn't get go, go, go. So anyways, um, everyone's getting agitated and the angels are getting very drunk. Um, so when Jefferson airplanes come on, the angels have become very aggressive and, um, one of the hell's angels starts beating up some of the hippies at the front of the stage. Okay. And then unprovoked, uh, who knows who can say like, okay. there's a lot of people having like bad trips and like, like some of the footage is like people like literally fully topless, just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the, when Jefferson airplanes playing Marty Ballin, who's the lead, the like lead guitarist, he like saw the hell's angels like beating the shit out of someone. And so he jumped off and tried to like intervene and then they punched him <gasps> and he got knocked out. Okay. And then another, uh, one of the guitarists like took the mic and was like, thanks so much to the hell's angels for like beating up like our like singer and then one of the hell's angels took the mic and started arguing with him what yeah it's crazy Wait, i'm confused and they were the rolling stones was like surprised when they saw the footage that or there's well more. no there's more okay there's more oh no it's there's more. <laughs> so um it was really crazy. And so the Grateful Dead were going to play and Jerry Garcia is there and one of the Jefferson airplane they have footage of this airplane members like after their set is talking to him and he's like yeah like um marty got punched out like it's not going well and uh the grateful dev was like we're not doing this and they left oh because they're okay. like they're like i'm scared yeah it's like like it looks like hell like okay. when i was watching this i was like this is hell okay there's 300,000 people here I, right? I don't think i can even fathom how many because i know like do you want me to take stadiums. a quick second and like show you so you have context? Okay, check out our Instagram. Okay. Shut up, keep going, all one word. We put the visual guide up there too. I so I think the Coliseum, which is where USC plays and was mm. constructed for the Olympics, Coliseum that holds like a hundred thousand and some change. So like here, this is the Rolling Stones flying in. So here's all the people parking. Okay, that's like a wild amount. And then Okay, so the Coliseum holds just under a hundred thousand. So it's three of that's the Coliseum. Huge. Wait. Okay. It's like right after this. So there's Mick Jagger. He looks great. Look at this. This is at the beginning of the day. No, that's too many people. <laughs> it looks like like have you ever had to buy um Oh my god! I just realized something. We never pulled foot pulled focus. Anyways, that's it was cr that that many people. That's crazy. It reminds me of like, have you ever bought ladybugs from the garden section of Home Depot yeah, or even like, seen them? And there's just like so many, and they're all crawling on top of each other. Like I have no issue with ladybugs, but when they are at that volume, I'm just like, that's too many. That's so it's many. I'm it's like out. a creepy feeling. Yeah. So, um. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young played, and Stephen Stills was reported to be stabbed in the leg by stoned-out Hell's Angels with a sharpened bicycle spoke. Oh my gosh, okay. 
So um, it's not going well. It does not sound like it's going well. So the Rolling Stones waited until sundown to perform because um, Bill Wyman, who is, I think, their bassist, missed the helicopter ride, which, like, probably wasn't a good call because everyone was getting more agitated as the day was going on. Yeah. And, like, so not waiting kind of made it worse. But anyways, they finally get on, and um, Mick Jagger, as he's getting out of the helicopter, even to get there, like, he's whisked through this crowd, and someone punches him as he's like going to his trailer and there's this whole scene it's very like stressful Mm -hmm. and he like finally gets into his trailer and there's just like fans like all there's no like backstage it was just it was like crazy so when he finally gets on stage he looks so scared can you imagine like like you and he's probably hearing it they didn't say but i'm sure he heard about what was going on yeah he didn't go in blind or anything so um and he, you can hear him say just be cool down in the front there don't push around because people are like they're like the big stars and they're coming on and people are like crazy and their stage is protected by twine that's not even there anymore oh my gosh so during their song sympathy for the devil great song which i don't oh it's their third song uh, a fight erupted at the front of the crowd um prompting the stones to pause their set while the hell's angels kind of tried to gather control which is basically like them beating the shit out of people and then um they started their song back up again after they like you can there's footage of like they just like jump the hell's angels jump into the crowd and then it kind of calms down and you're like what happened and they were just like kicking the shit out of people so then it goes well for a while until some of the hell's angels get into a scuffle with an 18 year old named meredith hunter who is trying to get on stage with other fans okay so One of the Hell's Angels grabbed Hunter's head, punched him, and chased him back into the crowd. But then, after a minute, Hunter returned to the stage, where, according to the producer of the film, Hunter's girlfriend, Patty, found him and was like, please get down, like, this is freaking me out. Um, But he was, uh, like, really enraged at the way that the Hell's Angels were, like, like, treating them, like, because they had pushed him back. Um, and according to one thing, he was really, really high. So like, he was just like, yeah. um, and then, um, someone from the Rolling Stones team said, uh, of Meredith Hunter, I saw what he was looking at, that he was crazy. He was on drugs and that he had murderous intent. There's no doubt in my mind that he intended to terribly harm Mick or someone in the Rolling Stones. Um, but then the Rolling Stone magazine had this whole expose about, this concert after the fact and they had like a firsthand account of this guy saying that he didn't think he was on drugs he was like uh and that like they're like did he prompt the hell's angels like what was he doing he's like oh no he just gave him a weird look uh he didn't give him any verbal provocation or anything they're just chasing through the crowd and they're hitting him and one of the hell's angels pulled out a knife and stabbed (gasps) him in the back (gasps) oh my gosh stop yeah that sounds like a horrible way to go i think that's at the bottom of my list in terms of drowning burning and then getting stabbed so rolling stones asks, what's kind of knife and the guy says this is a witness he says i couldn't tell i just saw a flash of the blade everything was happening too fast he hit him in the back and he pulled out a gun and held it into the air 
the Meredith did. He pulled out a gun. Oh shit. Okay. And then he was like, what kind of gun was it? He was like, it was long. It was looked like a six shooter or something. It was really fancy, really shiny. He had it in the air and he was still running and people were telling him, I remember he said, I remember this chick screaming, don't shoot anyone. But he was too scared to shoot because like, because he could have shot anyone in the crowd. Like he didn't want to shoot his gun. Yeah. Um, so he didn't, but then one of the hell's angels grabbed the gun and then stabbed him in the back. But it was because, like, if you see the footage, he's, like, being jostled around. Yeah. Um, And it said, did someone tell Jagger that? And it said, no one told Jagger that, but someone was trying to tell him to stop. And he kept leaning over and looking out at the crowd like he was paying attention and trying to figure out what was happening. So this happened, like, While literally in front of the stage. Like, he's uh, in this, Mick Jagger is in the same shot. You see it happen. Wow. Okay. So, basically... I'm sure the filmmakers are loving that they're like, they're like, keep this going. (laughs) So, um, uh, Mick Jagger is heard calling to the microphone. We've got someone hurt here. Is there a doctor? Like he's there, like stop the show. And like, it's just chaos. And, um, like it kind of, the tension went down. And so they kept playing because, uh, Jagger told the filmmakers after the fact that they all agreed beforehand that if they didn't play, like there would be a riot. So they're yeah. like, they, we, they, we were just too freaked out. Like we had to f- not that even makes play, that but makes like sense. finish the whole thing. So, um, Meredith was murdered. Like he was killed at okay. this concert. Um, he knew he was 18 years old. He was killed from like the backstabbing or did something else happen? No, he was killed from being stabbed and kicked. We're going to get into it. <laughs> it's really sad. Okay. This is a little bit like of a trigger warning, I have to say. It's a little... I'm not getting too gruesome, but I'm going to say Things what are happening. Okay. So um, the, the murder of Meredith was caught on camera, although the cinematographer, Bard Bryant, did not know when he was shooting it. He just was like filming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this was discovered a week later when the raw footage was being screened in New York. After is this is they this know in the they, movie? Yeah. They oh they kept it. Yeah. Oh shit. So Hell's Angels Alan Passero was reported to have stabbed Hunter five times in the upper back, although two stabs are visible in the footage. Like you can see the knife. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, witnesses also reported Hunter was stomped on by several Hell's Angels while he was on the ground. The gunners Wait, recovered. Hunter. I thought his name was Meredith. Meredith Hunter. Oh. Huh. That's his name. Both his name. Um the gun was recovered and turned over to police, um, and his autopsy did confirm, although one of the witnesses said he was not high, that he was high on methamphetamine. Um, and Pissarro was arrested and tried for the murder in the summer of 1971, but was acquitted when the jury viewed the concert footage showing Hunter brandishing the revolver and concluded that Pissarro was acting in self-defense. I probably would not have ruled that way because it's like he was like oh, being threatened. Wait. You think that so, like, Meredith was being threatened? Yeah, he was being threatened by by the, the Hell's, Hell's Angels. Angels. Um, so yeah, really sad. <laughs> he was killed, and they shot wow. it. But it's really sad. They, like, you see the whole thing happen. Oh my gosh. Um. So in summary, <laughs> yeah, the Rolling Stones article um said, "quote Three others had died." <gasps> Two in a hit-and-run accident, another by drowning. I don't know how he drowned. And countless more were injured and wounded during the course of this day-long, quote, free concert. Also, a baby was born. (laughs) 
someone had a baby in it. What? You hear it in the in the footage. You don't see who had the baby, but you hear like, does anyone have a towel? This woman's giving birth. What? And how, what? Um, it, the Rolling Stone article says, quote, it was such a bad trip that it was almost perfect. All of it locked lacked was mass rioting and the murder of one of more of the musicians. These things could have happened with just a little bit more bad luck. If, Why would you say that out loud? I know. <laughs> um, so here's a list of why it went so badly, just okay. as a recap. Promise of free concert by a popular rock group who never appears in the country. Announce the site only four days in advance. Change the location 20 hours before the concert. Okay. The new concert site should be as close as possible to a giant freeway where a bunch of people could come. Make sure the grounds are barren, treeless, and desolate. Which I don't know why that... Anyways. Don't warn neighboring landowners that hundreds of thousands of people are expected. Be unaware of their out-front hostility towards the long hair and rock music. This is like in the country. Okay. The stage should be located in an area likely to be surrounded by people in their vehicles. Um, and you can see that in the concert. It's like... Wait, that's such a bad idea. Somebody could have just like rammed it It's through. like you can't even see the stage. Because you're just like people are parked. It's crazy. Um... Build the stage low enough to be easily hurdled. Don't secure a clear area between the stage and the audience. Provide an unreliable, barely audible, low-fidelity sound system. <laughs> okay. Um, and then ask in, in the best, the tenth one, and probably the biggest of all, hire the Hells Angels <laughs> as security guards. Um I can't stress enough how many people were on the stage. Like, not just Hell's Angels. Like, people just were walking up on the stage. And I'm, there's, like, tearing up. There's a shot of Mick Jagger performing, and there's a guy clearly having a really bad trip. It's an insane shot where Mick Jagger, it's, like, as close as we are, and the guy having a bad trip is just staring at him like this. <gasps> how did they finish the set? I would have just been like, I'm out. This is it. I don't know. It's crazy. Well, so... According to an associate close to Mick Jagger, he was very, very shattered by the events. Understandably. He said, um, I cannot overemphasize how depressed and down he was about the way it turned out. He just wished he could blink and make it go away. When they found out about the murder, it shook them, obviously. But yeah. But according to Keith Richards, it did go pretty well. On his arrival in London, he told a United Press reporter that Altamont was, quote, basically a well-handled... But lots of people were tired and a few tempers got frayed. I don't think I don't think so. Keith. Was that after they saw the footage? I don't know. It doesn't say he wasn't. Keith Richard wasn't there when or like he's not shown. It's just Mick Jagger and the drummer. Oh, interesting. Shown seeing the footage in some of the B-roll. You hear like a hippie chick saying they consulted the astrologers before setting the dates for Woodstock, but they couldn't have consulted an astrologer about today. Anyone could see that the moon is in Scorpio. Today's an awful day to have a concert. <laughs> There's a strong possibility of violence and chaos and any astrologer could have told them so. But then she said, oh, well, maybe the stones know something I don't. This is at the beginning of the concert. Um, so needless to say, Gimme Shelter is not just a concert movie because it's basically just details this whole chaos wow. unfolding. Um, the Maisel's crew, interesting enough, George Lucas was one of the crew members because they had like a ton of cameras yeah. filming. Um, wow. How interesting. They kept, this gave him the idea for Star Wars. Probably. <laughs> 
So the final, um, they there's like a bunch of camera people, and truly the film reads more like a psychological study. How of interesting! Like crowds, um, and by uh, the late sixties, I already said this. They made uh, this film style called direct cinema, and which is strictly observational. And the brothers both studied psychology before turning to filmmaking, which you can huh. kind of tell. Yeah. Because, like, they choose the right shots at the right time. How fascinating. Um, but some people were really critical of the film, saying that the directors have blood on their hands. <laughs> because it's so, like, they didn't intervene. I'm surprised that they could... Yeah, that feels very um, shit with Nightcrawler. Yeah. Well, and so another uh, criticism of it is... Like I said before, the reason they chose Altamont was because the previous place, which would have been more secure, um, wanted part of the film right. profits. Yeah. And they were like, no. How interesting. So I <laughs> So then, in summary, really quick, Charlotte Zwerin, who is a co-director, she had the idea to ha have footage of the Stones watching what happened. They hadn't seen it. Mm -hmm. So in the movie, you s watch them watch it. Near the end of the film, there's a haunting freeze frame of Jagger's face as he walks away from watching the murder footage. His expression is empty. I guess I just like have so many questions. How were they even allowed to release this if it showed like somebody literally getting murdered on tape? Wouldn't that just be like a snuff film? Um, well, it's not like it's like far away. You don't see, like, gore. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just, like, happening in the background. Yeah, and they, like, they slow it down so you can see, like, the knife. You see the gun, and you see him fall away. But it's, like, so chaotic. You don't, like, really see it. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's but not, like, like a close-up shot. Because the camera guy didn't even know he got it. Like, that's how, like... That makes me feel a little better about it, though. Because it it's, like, how would they have intervened if they, like, literally couldn't even tell yeah. the shot? I mean... Do you think that they knew that they, like... Should have done something. I mean, they, I, they shouldn't have hired the Hells Angels as security guards. But I mean, that wasn't the filmmaker's idea, was it? No, I mean, I think it's... I I told you earlier, I disagreed. I feel like that guy should have gotten a guilty verdict. Like, yeah. I think the guy was, like, clearly provoked. Like, they saying he was acting in self-defense, but I think the murder victim was acting in self-defense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Have you heard that saying that, like... If you have to shoot somebody, you should shoot to kill so that they can't, uh, oh they God. can't, <laughs> oh God. That, so that they can't like <laughs> testify against you because then it's just going off of your own word because yeah. they're dead. I'm surprised though, they didn't that. have like the, they didn't have the girlfriend. I'm sure she testified. And the, yeah. the guy who they interviewed in the Rolling Stone who like remained nameless in the article, he did end up testifying. testifying. Dumb question. Yeah. Do the Rolling Stones own the Rolling Stone magazine? I don't know. <laughs> when you first brought Wait, it up, that was I the have... first thing that I thought I was like, I'm going to look that Oh, up. I never, like, that always confused me as a kid, to be honest, where I was like. I don't know if this is, this is from Quora, so who knows if it's real. Yeah. But it says, in the first issue, um, Wenner explained that the title of the magazine referred to a 1950 blues song, Rolling Stone, recorded by Muddy Waters the rock and roll band, the Rolling Stones and Bob Dylan's hit single, like a Rolling Stone were based on. So no. So no. Well, I'm surprised they could name it that. That feels like somebody would be upset. 
whether it's the, the magazine yeah, being what? mad That's about like the bad. Rolling Stones or well, does Rolling Stone magazine not have the tongue? I always thought those related. Like the but see the, the fact font that font looks like it doesn't. The fact it? that we're getting the brand so confused means that like I'm very surprised somebody didn't intervene and was like, "This is too damn close." That's so crazy. Oh my gosh, I would um, hate to go to a concert and die. Yeah. Well, so when I was watching this, I was like, "Where? What was I like?" <laughs> I don't know. Um, I was like, it's just really wild because it's it feels like it's documenting like a huge shift in uh history like it's like a it feels like a crazy document that's like a uh do you know what i mean like that's like a big a big change in the world but happening in one event yeah it really feels like it's like oh the hippie movement can't happen because like this is how it goes do yeah you know what i mean yeah um because in closing Many people saw the Manson family murders of actress Sharon Tate and her friends in August 1969 as the death of the 60s. But Altamont, you could say, was the final nail in the coffin because it happened in December. Mm. Do you know what else happened in 1969? What? We went to the moon. Yeah, kind of weird. In 1969, not 1968, but the year after. Why? Huh? Is that a conspiracy? No, it's an Even Stevens song. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember that episode? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ren sings it. Ren, what a weird name. I was just say, what is the name Ren? Do you is realize on Mad Men, this is a spoiler, um, that Burt Cooper dies during the moon landing? I just rewatched that episode last night. I didn't internalize it. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that good storytelling? That is good storytelling. Um, I, I want to rewatch that so bad. But that's Gimme Shelter slash the Altamont concert disaster. I mean, the thing is, though, call me naive, but this doesn't change my perception of going to concerts only because it's like I won't be going to free 300,000 yeah, people true. concerts. That's true. Like, I guess I won't go to free concerts. We went to a free concert once. Do you remember we drove up to L.A. to go to the Silver Lake Jamboree? Yeah, the, but the, isn't the Coldplay concert free? No, it was not. It definitely was okay, not. I feel like that was like thousands of dollars. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I like worked all summer and I was like, oh, I have a savings. Yeah, It was not thousands. I think it was like, it was like a couple hundred. It felt like thousands at I the mean, time. We were in high school. I had no money. And so I like spent all my no money on this thing. Yeah. Um, no, but the Silver Lake Jamboree and like it wasn't a, it was like a farmer's market with stages but oh yeah that was a free concert yeah that's free now i feel like i have been in shows where it gets this crazy really but in like a smaller like i went to this do you know the band the ocs no they're like a psychedelic like rock punk okay. band um although remember when you said that i listen to music that sounds like people playing spoons which i'm like no, still I said like, people throwing utensils in a bathtub which i'm still like i don't i think that you were dreaming that i don't think that's real i think it's real okay i cannot it was around the same time i totally remember it was around the same time you were hanging out with this guy and like he would hotbox in his car or that, something i never did that no i swear i dude, never I did that swear. i never did that um anyways i was at one of their i was at an oc's concert and they're they were from san francisco so like the energy they be was called there. the sfs then you would think um and 
it's like really like people like thrash around at their concerts mm-hmm. and I like really wanted to be in the front, obviously. And so I was standing, I was standing literally like up against the stage under the mic stand and people started to get too crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I sat on the stage, like underneath the singer and he was sweating all over me. Ew. But I was really terrified. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had like a tear. I mean, like, so I think that's why this hit me hard because I had you, memories like, had of that something, and I was yeah. like, I could have died. Yeah. No, I mean, I get that. I feel like it always seems contained to me. Like the closest that I can think of is I went to a Blink-182 concert and like people were mosh pitting and I was just like, I'm not going to participate. I feel like I'm going to yeah. die. Yeah. But that felt more controlled because there was like space for me just to be like, I'm going to stand over here. Yeah easy no yeah well this this it's kind of sad like sometimes you would see like a girl who's like clearly like this is the best moment of her life she's right at the front of uh the rolling stones what's crazy too sorry i'm like being so adhd is since they performed at night and since it's on film the only thing you could see is what the stage lights were hitting oh like the rest of it is just dark black so you can only see like the ring immediately of people around are, the stage yeah. but there's these girls and they're like it's like the, they're like crying it's like the best day of their lives and then there's one shot of this naked woman who's like clearly on lsd like having a bad time and she just like throws herself above them and they're just like oh <laughs> and the naked woman gets on the stage and the hell's angels throw her <gasps> off they just throw her into the crowd of people it's Ugh. literally, it seems like Dante's Inferno. That's like how, you know, those like Bosch paintings. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. Cause it's all like brown and like, you know, everyone's wearing those colors. It's very disturbing. It's very, dis- I think it's a horror movie. I really do. There's parts of it where it's like, this is not, I hate Ew. this. Okay. Well, anyways, you should watch it. It's on Criterion channel. Um, it's probably playing elsewhere, but it's a really good movie. <laughs> Uh, ringing endorsement uh yeah that was this week's episode thanks y'all so much for listening or watching i guess new episodes every friday and we'll see you all next time Bye-bye. bye bye